three. How does my voice sound? Perfect. <laughs> hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to a live edition of Underground Sports Philadelphia from the Jetro lot right before Philly's opening night. It's KB, it's Dom, it's Dylan, three quarters of the OG crew back together again. We got to do this more often. Cracking open ice cold Kenny's. Shout out to Kenwood Beer for being part of our tailgate podcast. We're looking to do these all summer long. So if you're not at this one, You'll see this on YouTube in the after show, you know, once it plays back. Come out to one later on this year. Uh, But before we get started, getting into all things Phillies, give you some prop bets, some stuff to uh, responsibly wager on, and uh, all that good stuff. Make sure you guys are following us at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com, slash Underground Sports PHI. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311 follow this guy right here Don Ponteri at Wash Lifestyle and follow Dylan it's simple at Dylan Mazzola and make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast feed Apple Podcasts Spotify or wherever you decide to get your podcast we're there leave a five star rating and review it helps the show continue to grow helps more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia and uh, we're just trying to take this thing to the moon you know what I'm saying sir and subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week. You get full episodes of Top Bins, full episodes of Streamer Season, Outside the Box, F1 Underground, all of our podcasts on the network. Go subscribe, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. And as Dom likes to say, ring that bell icon. Yeah. It's important. We got six podcasts going out every single week on the channel. You don't want to miss out at all. So go subscribe. It's an easy way to support us. And, uh, of course, one of the most effective and direct ways to support us is with our awesome merch partners, PHI Apparel Company, the best in the game with their unique designs. For the great fans of Philadelphia, you're going to stand out in the crowd when you're out here at the Jetro lot, when you're going to Citizens Bank Park, when you're going to the Wells Fargo Center, Sixers, Nets, first-round matchup. You're going to stand out with your official merch from a PHI Apparel Company. I did not know that's who they're playing. What, we round. love the dramatics. Let's go. Come on, Benjamin. Come sit on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> Get your merch. I'm rocking the Underground Sports Philadelphia Hype Beast hoodie right now underneath of this, and I'm completely comfortable, warm. It's one of the best hoodies I've ever purchased. You guys can get your own, too. When you go to phiapparel.co, use code UNDERGROUND, and you get 10% off any and all orders. That's code UNDERGROUND at phiapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your order. Boys, we're in the lots. It's great to be back, man. I haven't been out here in a long time. We are in the lots. It's crazy out here. I can't can't even hear you guys right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 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 just going with the flow. It's a party out here. 
Uh, very excited. Philly's home opener. They get a big win yesterday in the season home opener uh, against the Cincinnati Reds, 5-2, to two, looking to build on that momentum. We told you guys the sky was not falling after an 0-4 start. If you expect a baseball team to not be able to bounce back in a 162-game <laughs> season, you're fooling yourself. Well, didn't we talk about that? Like like a week or two ago yeah we were like hey listen if you if you hyper focus on the team you're gonna have ups and downs you're gonna have a bad freak time out. yeah like yeah guys take a deep breath just Come relax on. you know they're two and five right now have a good opportunity to go win their first series of the season this afternoon bailey falter on the mound who pitched well in his first outing this year uh i know the crowd yesterday was rambunctious and rowdy you know unfortunately didn't have to have that game on uh you know a nice little 80 degree weather on thursday but Nonetheless, crowd was fantastic yesterday. Reese Hoskins, Bryce Harper are the ones that raised the National League champions pennant. Uh, I feel like there was no better way to do it than for those two to do it. And uh, the Phillies get a big win. Build momentum today, though. That's what you have to do. You take that, that home energy crowd, uh, and you, you want to go out and you want to kind of make a statement against a bad Cincinnati Reds team. Sure, they have pieces, but you want to go out there and you want to kind of assert your dominance and go win a series. Get everybody bought back in, go into the weekend, hopefully sweep a series, you know, your home opening series, and then you have three more at home against the dreaded Miami Marlins, but get back on the right foot, kind of put the, the feet in motion. The big issue, though, is Derek Hall now on the injured list. Philly's now down not only one, but two first basemen. Cody Clemens called up, played pretty well yesterday, but... You can't expect Cody Clements, who's kind of just been a career minor leaguer to this point, to be your everyday starting first baseman. Agreed. Dylan, what do you want the Phillies to do to address first base? Obviously, it's going to take a little bit. Not everybody's going to sell off their team in April. Yeah. But when do you think the right time is to kind of go and poach a potential veteran first baseman to plug in there? Well, I always think with any trade deadline in sports, the earlier the better because it gives the guy you're going out and getting time to acclimate and, like, settle in. I feel like when you wait to the deadline, you're you're kind of hurting yourself because the other the other team can say, okay, they're desperate. You know, you go out and get a guy a month a month or so from now, the price may be lower. Um, and a good guy that I would like is Christian Walker from the Diamondbacks. He has a Gold Glove or two Gold Gloves. He can hit 30 plus home runs in this ballpark. Um, and the Gold Glove should be the emphasis on the you know like because uh, not dissing Reese, obviously he's hurt, but like. Reese is not a gold glover. Christian Walker has achieved that level once or twice. So if I were to go out and get a first baseman, I would go seek Arizona first. Yeah, and I mean, there's other options as well. You know, I'm sure Christian Walker is going to be a hot name in the streets when the trade deadline comes closer. Yes. One that I didn't even think about uh, until the other day, old friend Carlos Santana come in. True. Beat up some TVs again. Well, While the boys are playing Fortnite. CJ Crone, right? From CJ Crone is Colorado. like Twitter's favorite Listen, boy. Whoever my limited baseball knowledge tells <laughs> me this. First base, you don't need to play a lot of defense. You need dingers. You yeah. need to, you you need to, to, catch you need to be able to catch the ball. You need a hit. That that's yeah. what the first baseman does. You gotta you go need out, a thick you gotta boy. get a slugger. Yeah, you gotta go get somebody like that. Yeah. So first base is definitely gonna be something that they have to address. As the season progresses, we'll see what happens. Um, How long is this other injury? They said it's not going to be season-ending, which is a positive, and Derek Hall tweeted the uh, I'll be back gif uh, on his Twitter yesterday, so that's a positive sign. Tore the UCL ligament in his thumb. So Ouch. that's tough. 
Uh, and it's even tougher because it shouldn't have happened. He tried to stretch a single into a double, slid into second base at Yankee Stadium, jammed up his thumb, ends up tearing the UCL ligament in his thumb. Uh, so the Phillies are definitely in need of a first baseman. Overall, though, I think everything else, <laughs> Phillies-wise, I, I, I was watching the, the post-game, like, people going out and talking to people man on the street style with the news stations and everything talking about oh the Phillies need more pitching they're not going to go to the playoffs unless they get pitching hey guys uh, Ranger Suarez hasn't even thrown an inning for this team yet so pump the brakes there that's going to be almost a trade deadline or Andrew Painter Andrew Painter hasn't pitched yet it's such a tired take about the Phillies it's so lazy it's so tired I hate it yeah Grab a first baseman, wired, pitcher, tired. Let's go. <laughs> and, I mean, look at Aaron Nola specifically. You know, everybody wanted to bag on Aaron Nola for his, his start on opening day in Texas. Bounces back against the Yankees. Sure, we didn't win the game, but he looked much better. And you and I talked about this. The pitch clock is going to affect some of these guys who aren't used to it yet. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that. I've watched a couple games and, and – and really paid attention to that and looked at the speed of the game. And I can see how it can both affect pitchers and hitters. Yeah. Definitely hitters because you could see, like, the hitters are a little uncomfortable because they want to take their time with everything, and then, you know, they they know the next pitch is coming in. Like, I, what what are, like, the rules? Like, if, if the pitcher doesn't pitch in the time, is it, like, a ball toward the pitch count? Or so what, what is – there's um so I, need, and I, I need to learn yeah, this. I'm, I'm still learning some of it. I just learned recently that a pitcher, each batter that's, that gets to first base, you get two throwovers now to try to pick off the batter. That third one, you either have to pick them off or it's, a, it's an overall balk. So every runner advances. So you could have runners on the corners. You threw over twice, didn't pick off the guy on first base. You throw over, you don't pick him off. That runner on third now scores. Wow. So it's a, it totally changes, like, base running and everything on its head completely. Uh, and then with the pitch clock, I, I think a lot of people have issues with the the time limit with which batters have to be set and then pitchers are kind of thrown off. Yeah, because I see it, like, pauses and resets at times. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not, like, consistent. And it's like the umpires almost have to take into account that these guys are learning this pretty much for the first time. I'd say, like, 85% of these guys have never played with a pitch clock. They're learning it. You have to put in some of these safeguards more often and kind of take a hold and actually umpire the game. Who would? What a concept. Oh, jeez. Refs uh, wow. <laughs> reffing? Instead of, you know... <laughs> being blind to balls and strikes actually help along this process of the pitch clock that seems like it's going to be staying for the near significant future and you know further down the line you have to be able to help these hitters because if they're not set and then the pitcher tries to go then it's a penalty on the pitcher and then everything kind of unravels there and you're throwing the pitcher off and now their timing's off the hitter's timing is off and then think, everybody's kind of annoyed with the whole pitch clock situation. I think overall it's a net positive. Would you guys agree, though? Like, I think that, you know, bringing up the speed of the game will bring in more people to watch baseball because, you know, another tired take on the sport is that it's just too long. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah. So, like, you know, if, if anything to speed up the game and, and make it a little more interesting, like like what you just said about the, the buck, if, you, if you're trying to continuously pick off a base runner and you're not doing it after two tries, like – Third strike. Move on, boys. Yep. Let's go. Got to keep it pushing. Yeah. And, you know, opening weekend we saw kind of the the first glimpse of how much time has been cut off of games. Last year the average game lasted, I think, like three hours and seven minutes. This year through the opening weekend, two hours and 38 minutes. 
So we cut off almost Sick. about we're half getting hour. Out here. We're getting out here at 6.30 today. Let's go. So that's <laughs> what I was saying in the Let's car. Go. Like It allows you as a fan to almost be like, oh, the game's at 1? I can be home by like 4.35. Whereas before, you're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was, now you kind of have an idea of how the game is going to progress, how things are going to pace themselves. And obviously you can't account for, you know, an inning going extraordinarily long because guys are hitting home runs, getting on base and stuff like that. But when you see a cut down of that much time, that's a significant amount of time taken yep. away from the game uh, to kind of push things along, make it a little quicker, and hopefully you're not out, you know, in the cold in the April and May months of the season too long while these games are going on. Uh one thing that has stuck out to me so far this season, it's been phenomenal, it's, it's the young guys on this Phillies team that have really carried them even in the losses. You look at the guys like Brandon Marsh, you look at our baby boy Alec Bohm, Bryson Stott. They have been the ones kind of setting the table almost for a lot of the rallies that the Phillies have gone on, scoring runs. Bryson Stott's hitting 400 this year to start the year. He's just kind of carried over that plate discipline he had throughout the playoffs into the regular season. He seems like an even more mature player now than he was last year. Not that he wasn't, but he seems like more acclimated to the major league level, especially with his plate discipline. And then Alec Bohm has just been phenomenal both offensively and defensively this year, which Rip to the bozos who said Alec Bohm couldn't, you know, field a ball. He fucking loves this place. He does love this place. Yeah. Listen, the bigger the lip uh, Bryson Stott packs, <laughs> the more composed he is on the plate. I love it. I love to see it. And, but Dom's no, got a guy. Dom's got a guy. <laughs> but listen, no, for real though, you, you really could see the composure he had, like, at, on the plate at, at such a young age in the playoffs. So, like, the fact that he's able to carry it over this season and hopefully if he's able to stay consistent like that all season, obviously he's not going to be hitting 400, like, the rest of the year. If he is, that's MVP numbers. But, like, you know, if he settles around 330, I'm happy. So, yeah, yeah agreed. Let's, let's get it. And, you know, even though they're young, they're of age. The daycare is of age. And, uh... They can crack open a nice cold Kenwood beer. Uh, Kenwood beer, the official beer partner of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's a refreshing light beer, 4.1% ABV, 127 calories, oh, wow. 10 grams of carbs. You guys can go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use the Kenny Tracker to see who has Kenwood beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. You can buy Kenwood at your local Philadelphia liquor store or in eastern Pennsylvania. You can get it at your local Whole Foods. Light body, light calories, plenty of flavor, the best light beer on the planet. Must be 21 or older to do so, and of course, please drink responsibly. Shout out to Kenwood Beer for being our official beer partners, being part of this live tailgate podcast. What is kind of the expectation for you guys with these young guys as they continue to progress? You know, Alec Bohm has kind of been the, the poster child of the, the new age rebuild for the Phillies of the young guys getting called up. Mickey Moniak was in the mix. He obviously yeah. gets traded last year. And then Brandon Marsh comes in. He, he, even though he looks like he's 47, he's one of the youngest guys on the team. And then you have Bryson Stott in the mix as well. I think the fact that the Phillies now, as opposed to even during the run from 07 to 11, and then obviously during the rebuild, the fact that they have reliable young talent on this team has changed the trajectory of where they can take this this current iteration of Phillies baseball because now you have guys that you have drafted, you've developed, and you're able to call up and kind of insert into this rotation, into this lineup that primarily you've bought. You've bought them on the free agent market with Bryce, Zach Wheeler, JT Real Muto you traded for. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on with the guys Schwarber, Castellanos. 
and then you inject this youth talent into the mix, that's something the Phillies traditionally in our lifetime really have never had. Yeah. I think it's it, it, it's like definitely interesting because I think now more than ever in any sport you you can rely on like youth. Like I think you're seeing in any sport, baseball, hockey, etc. Like younger guys are making an impact like right away or hopefully right away. So for the Phillies, I think it's time to lean on the young guys. Like we have a lot of guys who are. I wouldn't say old because I'm, you know, 27, but they're guys who are 29, 30, 31, which is crazy to think that, you know, the age difference. But, like, they're, not, they're, 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 like, they're like old in the sport mm -hmm. definition. But Come like, on, man. I know, I know. We're sorry. right there, brother. Come on, man. I know, but my, <laughs> watch your words. My point is we can this actually rely We can rely on the young guy if we want you know. Like, they're going to have to fill in. They're going to have to carry the roster. Last year you saw JT carry the roster for large stretches when Harper was out, and that's why we. That's one reason why we lost the playoffs. JT was like physically exhausted. Yeah. He yeah. had a team on his back, could not go any longer. You know. Look so, what happens when he gets some help. What happened yeah. yesterday? Exactly. Have I mean, other guys carry the load. You know. And I think having some of the guys that you traded for, like Brandon Marsh, like Edmundo Sosa, for the entire season now, they're kind of into the Phillies culture. They're into what this locker room vibe is going to be now. And that only helps the team chemistry. Yeah. You know, Dom, you're a coach. You know how important team chemistry is, whether it's lacrosse, whether it's baseball, football. You need that camaraderie and that team chemistry, especially in a sport like Major League Baseball has, that it's such a long season. You're around these guys for such a long period of the year. You need to have good chemistry and good vibes in order to succeed. I agree. I, I, you know, you see it with any team that wins a championship. You'll see the, the, just the aura and atmosphere around that team. And you can just you see it, and, and you're like, yep, they're gonna they're gonna go all the way. Um, on on top of that, with the young guys, I I don't agree with fans turning on the young kids aggressively when they start to struggle. Um, you, you know, especially you know nowadays with you know how toxic social media can get if your team is not playing well, um, and and you know being a younger person. They're gonna be right in with social media, so uh, yeah. you know they, they. Some guys will end up paying attention to it. You'll see it affect their game. You know, my biggest message to the fans is, you know, just make sure you stay even keeled and level headed, and, and you know, don't like have these knee jerk reactions when they have bad games or go through runs of bad form, because that's when they need the support the most. I never understand why like a, a fan of a team will like turn on their players the instantly they start playing bad. Yeah. I never understand it. It always happens. You see it in every sport, uh, and, and and I know the way that the Philly fans get on Twitter, regardless of the sport. Eagles, Sixers, Sixers, de most definitely, definitely. Uh, Flyers. <laughs> you can see it yeah. now. I mean, yeah. you see it all the time. Yeah. And, and then you know, we talk to Philly. So you know, if you if you turn on the young kids too early, especially if they're paying attention to what's being said on social media, it gets to you. Mm -hmm. It really does. I hate to be a Ben Simmons apologist for this one point that I'm making, but you could see that the stuff on social media really affected yeah. him when he was already having a tough time with the team in general. So, like, that just adds on to it. If you got a guy, he's batting, like, 152, and and now the fans are saying, oh, he can't hit worth a shit, and this and that. Look like, at Castellanos last year, a proven veteran, not, and he's not even on social media, but when you're point. in the outfield, that's a wonderful and we've point. talked about this a number of times because he's our guy, you know, comes to a new city late in the year, 
trying to find a place to live. His wife is pregnant. He's playing a position that he wasn't traditionally like coming yeah. into. And then the fans are talking shit on him. Right. It doesn't make sense. And then you look at how the season progressed and how much better he got as the year went on and as the Phillies went into the postseason. And now you look at how he is this year. You know, a lot of the uh, the pitch graphic charts that you see on like the at bat app and everything yeah. like that. There's pitches that are real close to being a ball or a strike. And Castellanos is laying off of those where last year he's swinging in the dirt, you know, trying to golf club those those balls. And everyone's, you know, pulling their hair out because Nicky C's not hitting the way that they expect him to. He's not the, hitting the 30 home runs that he hit with the Reds a couple seasons ago. Yeah. His plate discipline now that he's more comfortable, understands the vibe of the city, yeah. and kind of has gotten the experience of the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, he knows what to expect of himself now, and he's more comfortable with himself taking approaches at the plate, and he's going to be a better player for it. Look what he did yesterday. Two doubles, draws a walk. He's laying off pitches. I think Nick Castellanos, especially now with Reese, Derek Hall, and Bryce Harper still out, you need Nicky C to step up in so many different ways, and it doesn't have to be with the long ball. As long as he's getting on base and kind of being a table setter for you, getting extra base hits, that's going to be so valuable for this team. And he got two doubles yesterday, right? Exactly. Yeah. Bring back old school trash talking. Like, if I don't like a player on any of my Philadelphia teams, I don't feel the need to run to Twitter and say, like, this individual sucks ass or blah, blah, blah at so-so sport. I'll say it's you guys in person, but, like, I don't I don't, I don't, feel the need to yeah. blast them on social media. Like, why, you know what I mean? Like, if anyone listening, I think that should be, that should be a takeaway. Like, yo, you can, you can, like, criticize in person, like, right now, like we're doing, but, like, you don't have to, like, ostracize them on Twitter. Like, you don't have exactly. to, like, light them up, you know? Like and Don was saying. And even at that, we're not going to come on here and be like, yeah. yo, this guy's absolutely yeah. terrible. We need to <laughs> trade him now. Like, like no. Like, come on, guys. You know, what, you know what I'm happy to see? I'm happy to see Bryce Harper hitting dingers. Man. Let's talk about that. Dingers. You know, BP yesterday. Video goes out uh, from one of the guys from the Associated Press. I'm forgetting his name, so I apologize. We tweeted it out. Harper's just, you know taking casual swings in batting yeah. practice, hits a tank shot. My boy Michael Culp in my Phillies Twitter Fantasy Baseball League works in the stadium. He was there yesterday. He said he hit it. It was second deck. Upper deck, Upper yeah. deck, you know, tank shots. The fact that he's been able to do that now excites me for where his progression is from yes. the recovery from Tommy John. And I think a lot of Phillies fans expected when Bryce came back from Tommy John surgery – he was going to start off just DHing anyway, you know, to kind of get him more comfortable, get in the flow of things hitting-wise. And then you ease him back into the field a little bit, see how his arm is, you know, throwing the ball well, in. I saw rumors that he might come back and play first base, question mark. Is that, like, a thing? Can we... Might need it at this point. Yo, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, like, honestly, he's athletic enough where he can do first base. Like, Dom's criteria is catch the ball, hits dingers. That's that's all we need, right? First base. And I mean, if he doesn't have to, if, if like, and and he he won't have to throw the yeah. ball that much either. Like playing in the outfield, if he makes a if he makes a play, regardless of if he has to ground the ball or or, or catch it and, and throw it somewhere else, he's still got to throw the ball a decent amount and a good distance on top of that. Where if you're recovering, you can probably come back a little bit quicker. If you're feeling yeah. comfortable hitting the ball and sit at first base because you're not going to throw the ball that much, and then once you're fully healed and maybe we have somebody else that can come in at first base, you move back into the outfield. Yeah, and I mean, the fact that he's already this far along progressing from a surgery that he got, I think, in, like, December, Yeah, that's crazy. 
that just shows like the, the, the mutant that Bryce Harper really is. Please be no steroids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's uh, <laughs> tread lightly. <laughs> but I mean, that that's just fascinating to me that like he's he is the type of guy though that if you were to say, hey, this person just sustained this injury that the standard human it's going to take you nine to twelve months to recover from. Bryce Harper is going to cut that timeline in half, if not more, because yep. that's the type of player he is. That's the type of person he is in terms of just being dedicated to his craft. Mm-hmm. So to see where he is already is fascinating. Um, hopefully he comes back. And, I mean, Larry Boa said it in spring training. He said, throw away the, the timeline of when you think Bryce Harper is going to come back in a sense of he's going to be back earlier. Yeah. which That's the type of guy he is. And that's what this team needs. Yep. They, they need that shot in the arm of Bryce Harper to, to yeah. come in and – extend this lineup a little bit you know not that this lineup is bad but if you can insert a Bryce Harper into this lineup it makes it that much better isn't that crazy to think about our lineup too because you know we're, we're totally glossing over like we talked about Nick uh, you know we've got Schwarber in there JT's hitting homers and like we've got all these guys that still can bat and, and, and then you know we're just talking about taking two guys out of the equation but if we were able to put those two guys in like think how re- think how amazing the team would be and yet still we're only third in our division on paper so like that, that, yeah that's what having a good baseball roster is like we weren't used yeah, to that for how many yeah, years not, we're not used to it last <laughs> time last time we were used to it was when this happened yeah <laughs> and we haven't even talked about the guy that we're gonna see for the first time in our uniform today in person man is it fun to have trey turner on your baseball team that guy is good is he he had this expectation, I think, of Phillies fans coming in. Obviously, we knew him when he was playing with the Nationals. Saw him when the Dodgers would come to town. But seeing him up close and personal and what his talent skill set is and how he sets the table at the top of the lineup, this is the first time the Phillies have had a true leadoff hitter since Jimmy Rollins. Wow. Like, last year, sure, you had Kyle Schwarber leading off, and it was fun to have you know your one nothing leads early in the game with a Schwarbomb. But the fact that Trey can get on base... He can hit extra base hits with ease. That sets the table for then Schwarber to come up to bat, and instead of it being one nothing, it's 2 nothing. Doesn't he already have a triple on the season? I think he's got two or three now. I think Trey Turner, I said this to my dad yesterday. You know, it's been the it's funny that the Cincinnati Reds are in town. David Bell is their manager, former Phillies third baseman. He's David Bell in 2004 is the last Phillies player to hit for the cycle. What? Wait. The Phillies have not had a player hit for the cycle since 2004, and it was David Bell, who's now a Major League Baseball manager. It's kind of crazy, actually. Like you think about it, like that's that's a long wow. time. Like thinking wow. about the fact that like Jimmy Rollins never did it, Shane Victorino never did it, even a guy like Jason Worth never did Chase it. Chase Utley never. Chase did Utley it. never did it. And even guys, you know, as it progressed, you know, early on, Freddie Galvis had speed early on in his career. He never did it. Yeah. O'Double never did 2004. it. Like, Dominic Brown his yeah. 1.5 months of eliteness. <laughs> Six weeks, baby. And we're, and we're still missing so many other good hitters that the Phillies have had over the years. That's yeah. so crazy to think about. I think I'm going to put this on the record now, and I know our, our boy Jack Fritz said this too. I'm fully convinced now of a full week of Phillies games, Trey Turner's going to be the next guy to hit for the cycle. He has the capability to do it. He's hitting dribbles early in games. It's not like, you know, Tim Kelly, Phillies Nation uh, deputy editor, he has a tweet that, you know, when somebody tweets out, oh, so-and-so is three for four in the day and they're a triple shy of the cycle, that's like saying you know Destiny's Child without knowing Beyonce. Which I think is a 
phenomenal comparison uh, because you're Who? still you're still doing really well, <laughs> but you don't have that marquee thing. Trey Turner's hitting triples in the first inning of games and getting it off the board early. I think at some point this year Trey Turner's going to hit for the cycle and finally end the drought of almost 20 years of no cycles in Philadelphia Phillies baseball. Drop that in on a prop bet, guys. Let's do it right now. Let's do that. Uh, and that will most certainly end up in the Underground Sports Philadelphia Hall of Fame at some point, which we're going to get into a little bit here. Uh, and this segment brought to you by our new partners, the Wasted Wedge. Uh, a new age of golf has arrived, and if you're looking to be the talk and envy of your group and create memories with your friends and family, look no further wow. than the lineup of Wasted Wedge products and merchandise. These Wasted Wedges are a blast to drink shots out of on and off the course. We have one right here on location. Uh, it's all welded and created right here in the U.S. of A. And you guys can check them out at WastedWedge.com or find them at WastedWedge on Instagram and Facebook. That's WastedWedge.com. Remember the name, WastedWedge.com. Big thank you to them for jumping on board with us. New sponsor. Uh, phenomenal product. You know, cool. If you're just listening on audio, it's very cool. It's, you take your traditional shot ski. You simplify some things. You don't have to pull out so much super glue. <laughs> and you turn it into a golf club, and you've got the Wasted Wedge. It's a phenomenal product. Very happy to have them on board with us. They are also the presenting sponsor of the Get in the Hole podcast as well. Um, but, guys, the Underground Sports Philadelphia Hall of Fame, it has been uh, five years since we started this podcast. We try to keep a record of everything that's gone on in the year that was, and we were obviously covering, oh, I don't know, a World Series, an MLS final, and a Super Bowl. So, we kind of put it on the back burner a little bit. But I have a good one for this. There's there's a lot of things that happened in this past year that I think need to be put onto the ballot, which we'll be putting out on social media for everybody to get the fan vote in for, and then we will induct everybody at a later date to be announced. Uh, but, Dylan, I'll start with you. You have a good one. Yeah. In the year that was, who deserves to be inducted? So I guess the player, by definition, is in there, but I'm more emphasizing on Jalen Hurts' squat strength. The <laughs> fact that our quarterback can squat 600 fucking pounds is astronomical. I can't even squat that, and I'm an avid gym goer. So That's double what I can do. Yeah, I can do like 425, 450, maybe for like one ski, but... 600? Like, come on. Yeah. No, that's, and, and it's that's, more than once. Yeah, it's exactly. More than once. It's and I think that all gets encapsulated right there. Jalen Hurts being able to squat 600 pounds gets encapsulated in what everybody has dubbed the tush push. Yeah, well, uh, I, I could be mistaken, but aren't the NFL? Isn't the NFL changing the rules? It on is safe. It has been deemed safe. It's not going away, at least this year. Good. Uh, which is awesome because so, you know 92 percent of the time tired, it works every time. Tired of people. I'm tired of people complaining about it too. Like if you know it's gonna happen, stop it. Step your squats up. But if up. you can't stop it. So what? Don't get mad at us for doing it. If 100%. it works, we're gonna do it. Jesus Christ! I'm tired uh, of people getting know, so angry. I know that guy has a Mookie Betts jersey on. I think he's lost. <laughs> <laughs> he um, doesn't even play for that team anymore. Yeah, yeah. no. Jalen Jalen Hurts' season, just in general, yeah. I think deserves to be inducted. But yeah, definitely. Well, it's definitely that. Yeah, squatting is uh, on the top. Push, push slash ninety-two percent of the time. <laughs> it works every time. We'll be putting that on a shirt. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the the tush push play with how controversial it got outside of the Philadelphia area and then just how effective it was and how successful the Eagles were with it. I think that's a no-brainer to go on the ballot. Uh, my 
my personal favorite that I want to put on the ballot is uh, it was it was the season turner for the Phillies last year. Alec Bohm, I fucking hate this place. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. You know, That's as soon as that one. happened, Alec Bohm's like career trajectory changed because he could have gone out there, got caught on the the hot cam saying that, and then in the locker room said, "Oh, I didn't say that." No, he embraced it. He he owned it. And then went on to have the best year of his career to date. Yeah. And then throughout the playoffs, dropped a, I love this place. Yeah. Every time he got the opportunity to. <laughs> he has fully bought in and ingrained himself into this team, into this city, and knowing what it's about. So I think that moment in Phillies, in the Phillies 2022 season is such a, a, a key piece to why they even got to the World Series, honestly. So Alec Boehm, I fucking hate this place, gets the auto bid to get on the ballot from me. I have two. One of them is is uh, dependent on something happening, but that's if Joel Embiid wins the MVP. Yes. Uh, it's been a long time coming. But um, the one that I would love as like a hot take or like a, like a dark horse kind of is the Philadelphia Union's Academy success. I like that. Not only has Brendan Aronson gone on to play in Europe now and he plays for Leeds United, who end up maybe getting relegated, but regardless, he's playing in Europe. His younger brother went to the Bundesliga. Also, the U15s for the Philadelphia Union have beaten teams like Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, and other Europe, killing it, dude. top European teams by a score of 11-1 to 1 across like a couple games recently. They've been destroying it. You know, their U17 teams went and played uh, top academies from South America and Brazil and they ended up beating them so like the way that the union is doing this with their MLS Academy right now and, and along with a couple of other ones but we're focusing on Philadelphia sports the way that the union has been doing this and, and, and really getting up to speed with the rest of the world with how they develop young talent it's only going to help the US men's national team in the long run it's going to help the MLS in the long run it's going to help the union be a top team in the league for a long time to come I like that a lot because, uh, you know, we talk Union now on the podcast and have over the past couple of seasons. I still don't think they get enough love for how consistent of a team they are. No, they're slept on by the city, and I don't appreciate it because they're so one of the better the teams in the season. Yeah. yeah, They're one of the better teams in Philadelphia. I uh, Blake Griffin's a rock, he's, he's a rock star. They're, they're, they're gold, they're the goaltender. Yeah, Andre Blake and, is a and then, like, menace. Did you say Blake also, Griffin? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did say Blake Griffin. You, <laughs> you didn't think I was going to let that slide, huh? <laughs> no. But, and to, to go to Dom's point, to defend myself for having a terrible slip-up, You're all right. I, I did see that the Union are one of the, like, least spenders in the MLS, yep. like, in terms of, like, contracts. Matt and I kind of compared them to the Tampa Bay Rays of yeah, the MLS. So yeah, so on top of what he's saying they're doing, and, like, they're doing all while spending, like, zero dollars, which is incredible because... The, the MLS is obviously not not the Premier League, and but take advantage I, of the minimum contracts. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, like, to give your point credit, like they they deserve double credit because they're doing all this on like league min. Yeah, and on and and like with the MLS, you have rules where you have to keep so many domestic players and like homegrown players on your team, and the fact that they're able to do that through signing academy players only allows them to spend the big bucks on like actual players. So it, it only it only helps them out in, in the long run, and it, and it's a beautiful thing. I think uh, Dylan and I were talking about this on our way up. I think one that kind of encapsulates a couple of things that happened in the year that was, Philadelphia teams finally cut the dead weight when it was time to cut the dead weight. Joe Girardi gets fired when it needed to happen. Chuck Fletcher gets fired. Thank God. A little too late, but it finally happened. Way too late. <laughs> 
the Flyers fans are going to riot soon, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lead the charge. <laughs> Tank season, baby. Philadelphia teams that needed to make a change finally wised up and realized, hey, something needs to change. Well, this is it's a sports town. We have to be good at everything. Like there's there's no there's no L's. Like let's go, let's accept who we are. I wouldn't say every team. Yeah, we right. said that too. <laughs> I think the Sixers need to get rid of Doc Agreed. Rivers, but <laughs> <laughs> Kyle did in fact say that in the car. <laughs> Almost uh, there. Listen, I, I don't watch the Sixers that much anymore. Like if you're if you're a real true fan of the show, you know how I was in the early he years. Used to hop out the Porsche was, with Justin Anderson when, when it was Sixers. <laughs> hey, two yeah, out of three is not bad, like, right? Come listen, on. listen, no, it's the fact that we can't get out of the Eastern. We can't even get to the Eastern Conference final, Finals still. Like, come on now. Come on. Like, there, there's things that majorly need to change. You know what could be a thing for the uh, Underground Sports Hall of Fame? That the Eagles did the process better than the Sixers and the Sixers started first? Yeah. Yeah. That's you see it now. The Eagles won a Super Bowl and got to the Super Bowl again. The Sixers haven't even gotten to the finals the second of the Eastern round. Conference Finals. <laughs> It's, you know, just think about that. And the Eagles have done it with three different quarterbacks. They had Carson Wentz up until he tore his ACL, and they had Nick Foles, and they had Jalen Hurts get there again. Yep. Sixers I, uh, have been tanking since 2014. Yeah. I think we, uh, I think we open up a new category this year because I think it's been more prominent now that a lot of the teams have been very successful. Uh, I think we need to have a wing of our Hall of Fame of the famous fans. Because I think a lot of people have truly, like, shown themselves to be true Philadelphia fans, whether it's just for the clout or not, to come to mind. Mikael Bridges, who we know is a diehard Philly sports yeah. fan through and through, Miles but he is, he is fully in it. You know, he was at Yankee Stadium this past week when the Phillies were there. They had a whole bet with the Diamondbacks when he was playing for the Phoenix Suns of Mikael Bridges' day if the Phillies ended up winning or the Diamondbacks ended up winning. He's tweeting about the Eagles, you know, during the season. He's tweeting about every team outside of the Sixers because he should still be playing for them. Uh, but I digress. I think Mikael Bridges is, is definitely somebody up for that. And I think country artist Zach Bryan, he is not even truly from here, but the way he goes to bat for Philadelphia on Twitter talks about how he doesn't want to be associated with Nashville. He wants to be associated with Philadelphia because those are the type of people you can go out with, you can open, you can crack open an ice cold Kenwood beer with, and you, you get in a bar fight and then you shake hands with people. That's what he wants to be associated with. I think Zach Bryan, which is this is our public call out, would love to have Zach Bryan on the podcast. Come on. Be sweet. I'm on the show. I think he gets a nod as well for the famous fan award this year. You said Miles Teller. That's another good one. Yeah, he's at, like, every Phillies game, I feel like. Yeah, he's at Phillies games, you Eagles know, games. He's not maybe famous as, per se, like he doesn't have Hollywood notoriety, but the guy that has all the Phillies tattoos, the big oh, guy. Oh, yeah, Dunphy? Yeah. But he know, I, I he got with, thrown out of Yankee Stadium this week. <laughs> I work with people down in Seattle who, who know him, like, personally, so it's hilarious. I think man, he's on, like, billboards and commercials oh, yeah. and stuff now. I think he's pretty famous, at least locally. And, and another guy who may be famous but more on the local – and uh, Saburn, Saburn on uh, on on Instagram. I think his his yeah. TikToks and videos are hilarious. You can say yours in the car. You said Kyle about your your fan that brought us all together. Who? Uh, 
the, the guy who ate a certain thing. Oh, yeah. This is our community award. We give out the community award. <laughs> uh, it's named after the boy, Giovanni Hamilton, who won the very first one. Who, who's? It's given to somebody, a, a group of people who bring the Philadelphia community together during that year. Oh, <laughs> I know who you you're know about to talk be? about. <laughs> Rotisserie chicken guy is 100% <laughs> the community <laughs> award winner for this past year. When we were down on our laurels, yeah, needed dude. something to rally around, my man went to an abandoned pier and ate the 40th rotisserie chicken Hell in yeah. 40 straight days and had people clamoring like we just won a championship. Put up flyers around the city for it, man. It was all great. over the place. He's still giving back to the community to this day as well because of that. Rotisserie chicken guy, 100% is our community award. A hero. I'm not voting against it. He's an is. icon. <laughs> I'm all about that. True icon, really. Hell yeah. Uh, and you know, I think another member of, I, I don't even know if it has to be in the famous fans. I think just her notoriety with the city of Philadelphia. And we finally have something for people from our area to relate to on television. I think we, I think we have a, a leeway here to induct Philadelphia's new iconic queen, Quinta Brunson. Yeah. For Abbott Elementary. Because... That show, one, is hilarious. Two, the references on that show. If you're from here, they make that much more sense, and you laugh ten times harder at what's going on. Yeah. It's very timely with the references. You know, the, the video that comes to mind all the time is the, the janitor saying, this year's different because we got A.J. Brown. <laughs> How relevant was that? Um I think Abbott Elementary slash Quinta Brunson works in, and I think that's a special place for you as a teacher, too. Well, on, 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 a, on a more serious note, it does give a really introspective look on the struggles that uh, the Philadelphia School District yeah. public schools deal with on a daily basis with, with you know all the politics that go into getting funding for certain things or the discrepancies between uh, the access to education that certain schools have compared to other ones based off of where they're located in the city. So, um, you know, not only is it a funny, heartwarming show that people can watch, but it really does let you know about the state of education, not just in Philadelphia, but across the nation, really. Like, public education is, like, one thing that obviously I fight for pretty heavily. So um, I really do like the show a lot. We, I'm behind on it. Monica was telling me that she's all caught up on it, so I got I to gotta get caught up on it. And I think, you know, bringing up that, I think, because it happened in this past year, the A.J. Brown trade. Yeah. The A.J. Brown trade is we one of the most successful that. trades in Philadelphia history. Yeah, how about the fact that our Philadelphia Eagles have two number one wide receivers, like, at a it's tandem? Unbelievable. Like, it's like one day, okay. Like, it's it's terrible for fantasy owners. I'm sorry because I'm the, I am I had Devontae Smith on my, both my fantasy teams. But it's like one day he'll pop up because he's getting everything thrown to him because the, team scheme, the defense schemed against A.J. Brown. But then – because he popped up, because Devontae popped off, now the next week's team schemes against him and A.J. Brown pops off. And it just, it, it's one or the other. It's great as a fan of the team. Yeah. I love seeing it. It's, great real life, bad fantasy. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, it, it started off with a bang with the, the FaceTime call between him and Jalen Hurts saying, let's get it, my boy. And they're just cracking up to reunite. You know, it, it's crazy that it took this long for NFL teams to realize that if you get your quarterback, their best friend, they're going to succeed. Yeah. So I think the A.J. Brown trade is 100% uh, on the ballot for sure. <laughs> and uh, 
we'll be putting out a, a poll on Twitter and Instagram for you guys to add in your own fan votes for everything, and we'll have the official induction later on, uh, probably this month or early in May. Uh, but also want to give a shout-out to Audio Technica, the headsets Dom yeah, and I are, are wearing. Uh, shout-out to them for, yeah, for hooking sick. us up after a little bit of a, a mishap with, with ordering stuff. They, uh, they said, hey, we want to help you out for your event. Send us some headsets to use for the event. So big thank you to them uh, for making this possible uh, with these headsets. They're amazing. We'll definitely be using these for our live events in the future as well. Uh, but I think we, we end the episode, boys. We're getting ready to uh, go experience Philly's opening night is the, the title. I want your best prop bet for today's game, whether it's somebody to hit a home run, strikeouts, whatever it may be. I'll start. I'm going Alec Bohm's going yard today. The sweet baby boy is going to go yard in our presence. Give me Alec Bohm. It's plus 650 on a certain sports book. I'm taking Alec Bohm to hit a home run. You can go next. Are we predicting who's, who's hitting well or playing well? I couldn't hear you. I was jacking my ABBA behind me. Your, your best prop of the day. Best prop? I Whether think it's our, home runs, strikeouts, multiple hits. I think our pitcher's going to go six innings. 10-plus strikeouts. Barely falter for 10Ks. Let's go. I'm a degenerate gambler. I, I make <laughs> terrible bets. I'm so wrong, by so the way. So listen, listen, you should not listen to my betting advice. Do not put me back in jail like what happened off of the Top Ends episodes. <laughs> Trey Turner hits for the cycle. I love it. I was going to say that was my honorable mention. I like that. If he does that in our presence, it was meant to be. It was meant to be. Also, I, I – Lock it in. It happened last year. I would love for it to be tradition that Nick Castellanos goes yard in our presence, deep to left field, make it a 4 nothing ball game. Let's experience it live in person. Uh, so those are our best bets for Saturday night. And uh, big thank you to everybody who came out to the tailgate today. We're hoping to do more of these in the future, especially when it gets nicer out. Wait, hold on. YouTube, we do not own the rights to any of this yeah, we music. Are, we we are. cannot control what's going on in the parking lot right now, so please. We are guys, talking you, over you, all of you guys have – I can't hear anything. <laughs> what? <laughs> you have headphones. I don't. Uh, make sure you guys follow us at UndergroundPHI, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash UndergroundSportsPHI. Follow Dylan on Twitter at Dylan Mazzola. Follow Dom at Watch Lifestyle. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Uh. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Like, comment, subscribe. Hit the post notification bell so you don't miss on anything exactly. that we post on that platform. And big thank you to PHI Apparel Company. Go get your merch, phiapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any and all orders. Big thank you to Kenwood Beer, the official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia. I need another one. Go use that Kenny tracker to see who's got it on tap. And, of course, the Wasted Wedge, our new sponsor, WastedWedge.com. Go check it out. And, uh, again, big thank you to Audio Technica as well. But this has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, live from the Jetro lot, presented by the city of Vineland. Shout out to them as well for, for making this possible. For Dylan, for Dom, I'm KB. We'll see you guys next time. Until then, we're signing off. Peace.